Father, we're just we're thankful, Lord, for your for your church, for your people, for your presence, Lord. Father, I pray tonight, Lord, with these that are gathered here, Father, we just we pray a prayer for this nation. We pray a prayer for the the condition of the of yes, the nation, Lord. the people, yes. God, that live in this nation, yep, Father God. We are in a in a dire dire straits, God. It seems, Lord, that we are in a place, Father, where people just don't know what to do anymore. Father, I pray your hand upon this country. Father, I pray your hand upon our, on the on the church itself, Lord. I pray that you begin to divide and strengthen, Father God, your children, Lord. I pray that you um, begin to move upon our hearts, that we begin to push away from this world, Lord, and become closer to you, Lord. That we divide ourselves from the things that distract us, Lord God, and that pull us away from you. Father, tonight, Lord, I pray, God, that your word would seep deep into our hearts, Father. Not just something we hear today, Lord God, that, but that we keep with us long after, Father God, uh, our time in this place is, is spent, Lord. I pray, Father God, Lord, for the hurting and the broken, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, for your children, Lord God, that they would rise up, Lord God, begin to take up arms, Lord God, and take their rightful place as watchmen, Lord God, in, in, uh, in your kingdom, Father. Thank you for this opportunity tonight, Father. We just give you praise and thanks for all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Well, here we are once again, Sunday night. We've got this, and I was I was going to say great. I was going to talk about you know just being grateful but you know i mean look 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 at us tonight look at us look around nothing else to do we're just this small little church <laughs> that's one of the things i like about this thing is that it's this group of people i think about the disciples that started with the 12 of them small group of people and you know i think sometimes we get i don't know maybe we think about Maybe you look at we look at this small church and then we look at bigger churches and we think, man, look what they got going and, and look at what's going on over there and 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 not to say that there aren't good things going on over there because because everyone has to follow their path and the path that God has put them in and and there are some places that got a thousand people and I think that's great you can you can maintain a thousand people and and souls are being authentically saved and people are authentically repenting of sin I think that's great I think it's fan, fantastic. But I'm grateful uh, for a small church tonight because sometimes, sometimes when you're sometimes when you're big, you get more geared about performance, you know, crunching numbers and getting getting bigger and getting stronger, getting bigger and stronger, and that's all fine. That's all fine. But I like what we got here. I like this right here. I like the word that we get here. I like the worship that goes on here. Uh, we have uh, not only is it is it um, it's authentic and it's real. Amen? Amen. And it's fun. And I think you need to have fun when you're in church. What was that? <laughs> Funny sometimes. Funny sometimes. If you would, turn to 1 John tonight. We'll get into some scriptures. I don't want to keep you, I want to keep it real long tonight, but I do got something I want to talk to you about. Rick said, Rick said, what are you reading over there? See me when I come in, I was... Kind of finished it up and said, oh, you're about to find out. <laughs> now, I didn't mean that to come out like a threat. I really didn't. I wasn't meaning it like that. I didn't take it that way. Well, 
you know, in, over the years of, of just reading, just reading God's word and looking at what He says, there are there are things that He says in His word that are, are very explicit, and very specific, that that uh, give us direction, give us a bar to shoot for. I was talking about a bar this morning. I think having a bar to shoot for is very important. Uh, as Christians in Christianity, especially in Western culture Christianity, we need a proper bar to shoot for. So many people are shooting for so many other things, and they're dragging Christianity along with it. And I think it's, I think it's really, really important for Christians to have an authentic spiritual bar to shoot for and to get specific instruction out of God's Word and then look at what thus saith the Lord and look at what things that we have been given in God's Word that are very blatant and very obvious to you and me that we have to grasp and get a hold of. Uh, we, our, our society is struggling to keep itself uh, above water. And I mean that in the, in the sense that it's kind of like um, the water is right up here and it's going into the nostrils and it's on the verge of drowning. I mean, it's, it's in a, a dire situation. And, and I, of course... It was in dire. It was dire in 2020. It's dire in 2023, uh, and it just progressively gets more complicated. God's people need something to make sure that we stay separated from the craziness that's going on in this world and in our country. We need we need something concrete, right? We need something uh, um, clear and concise, and so. There's some scriptures here I want to cover with you in uh, 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter 2 verse 15 says this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. And when I read that, and I've looked at, I've read some different, over the years, different scriptures at different times, and and looked at interpretations, and I thought, okay, well, that doesn't quite mean it that way, because the translating, I don't, and I'm not saying you have to look into this, but I've looked into the translating from the Greek coming into the English language, especially the English language, that is a hard translation. That is a real hard thing to get, because there's certain words that just simply don't exist. The alphabet being completely different. I mean, there were just things that you, it's just hard to convey, going from the Greek into the English. And then when looking at these scriptures, and when you get a hold of something and you research that and you see, yeah, he's telling us something very specific here, very specific about how to operate in the world that you and I are living in. And it tells us here, do not love the world or the things in the world. It's almost like a warning, right? So when I tell you right up front, don't fall in love with this thing. Now, the word that I want you to, to, to get a hold of tonight is the word love. Now, when it says it here, that is agapo love. Agapo love. Not agape love. That's agapo love. That's, uh, if you were looked at up in the Strongs, it'd be G25, I believe. G25. And that would be being friendly or being a friend to. And so the scripture is telling us here, don't become friendly with the world. I thought, well, I, I want to be a friend to people. I want to be, be a friendly individual. Now, this is talking about something else. And it's about to get into some details here 
about the condition of our world and the condition of things because there are ramifications to becoming friendly with the world and the things of the world. And when you're in Christianity, you know that the Bible talks about old things are passed away and all things have become new, right? If you're a Christian, you're a new creature. You've become a new individual. So all the old things that were attached to the old individual, they go away. They pass away. Now, what I've noticed, and you probably noticed too, that over the years of serving the Lord, that, that even though I get this, they come knocking sometimes. And in a way, what they're asking is, can we be friends again? You think it might be okay that I come and stay with you for a day or two? Can we, can we hook up and just reunite for a little while, have a good reunion? And what we get in God's word is telling us explicitly and very specifically, do not become friends with the world. Don't do that. We find out that with, with friendship comes disappointments. John and I were kind of messing around with this conversation the other day, and um, and I, I had a I had an experience, and I won't I won't go into a lot of detail, but there were some things that God brought to me in my own life, and and uh, uh, a lot of times what happens is is when we we go through life so fast paced and we go through so quickly that sometimes we miss it, and sometimes we don't realize that we've become um, we've been affected by things that have happened in our lives affected by disappointments and things that have hit us and we don't even realize it we just because things are so fast-paced and and they're they're constantly moving that we don't really consider it we just take the blow and we just keep moving and in a sense that's good but a lot of times what happens is is we get disappointed in things we get disappointed in people we get we get wounded or we get hurt and it affects us and it changes. We don't act the same anymore. We don't do things the same anymore because we're trying to cope with disappointments. I think about, uh, I think about uh, the story of Job. I mean, my goodness, there's, nobody could have been more disappointed than him. I mean, the guy's just cruising along. He's trying to live life. He's trying to do everything he can to serve God. And it just seems like everything is just stripped away from him. Now, God vindicates, absolutely. But life has got a lot of hurt in it. It's got a, it's got a lot of things that try to, to weigh us down and disappoint. And, and what I've found is disappointment is inevitable. You're going to be disappointed in someone or something at some time. And reading the scriptures... A lot of the reason, a lot of times, aside from just life, because life is going to yield disappointments, but a lot of times we get disappointed in people, or we get disappointed in time frames. And what I mean by time frames is, is thinking that God should do something for us, or, or within a certain time frame, God, I need you to show up. Well, he didn't show up in that time frame, and then therefore we're disappointed. And then we take these things on, and what I found is, is that, if you're friendly with the world, disappointments just hurt worse. They just do. You, you, 
You look at somebody, you put clout in somebody, you put too much trust in somebody, and they hurt you, they disappoint you, and then you carry that around with you. Do we not know? I mean, people are going to disappoint you, right? Because we're flesh. We're a part of this, this world. I mean, if, talking from a, from, a, from a spiritual sense, I love you because God created you. He created your soul. And I realize that you're a lot like me and that you're imperfect like me. Doesn't it help to know that people are imperfect like you? That nobody's perfect. But somewhere, sometimes, sometimes we get a little bit too deep into it. Sometimes we get too far into it. Sometimes we, we put a little bit too much trust in, in the flesh of somebody, and then they fail, and then we're devastated. We're disappointed. And there's a realistic perspective to have. It doesn't mean that you, it doesn't mean that you write them off. But there's a, a, a proper perspective to have. And we're going to talk about that here in, in, as we go through this. A proper perspective to have to our disappointments and the things that we're hit with. Because you can't, I'll say this and we'll keep going, you can't walk around your whole life disappointed. You, you can't. I mean, there are, there are things that we incur in our lives that, that, that hurt us. And yes, there are stings and things of that nature but if we constantly allow the disappointments of life to keep racking up in our bin and we keep those ready available, it's kind of like kind of like uh, having an open wound and stroking it whenever we, we, uh, we feel the need to. Disappointments are going to come. They are. They're going to come. But there's a way that we're going to have to cope with those and, and, and that we handle those. So it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, and that's agapo still, he says the love of the Father is not in him. And now the love of the Father, you look it up, that's agape, love. And I, always, I thought reading that scripture, I always thought it was apples for apples. I thought it was like a, a love replaces love. No, it's actually not what it's referring to. It's, it's talking about you being friendly with the world and that true love, the true love of God cannot reside where there is a counterfeit love a love that doesn't last so you fall in love with the world it's going to disappoint you but agape love never disappoints yeah. it never disappoints now I'm not going to get into the command for you and me to love the way that God loves that's a whole different thing that's a whole different thing to un unpack and to unravel to figure out exactly what God is how God has told us to love but when it says that, when it says if we love the world, that the love of the Father, uh, it, it, can't, it can't be in us, then that should raise a red flag. If anything, it should perk your ears and it should garner attention. Like, whoa, wait a second. What did you say? Because I want to be in love with the Father, right? We want to be in love with the Father. I want to be in love with the things of God, and I want to be a part of what God is about. Well, then there... They're giving something very specific here and saying, if that's what you want, then make sure you're not in love with the world. Make sure you haven't buddied up with the world. Make sure you haven't become friends of the world. I was researching this, and there's a lot of different angles we could come at, and there's a lot of different topics to talk about. Um, but one of them is recognizing the, um, the effects of, of preaching a true gospel. If you, if you make the decision to preach 
against sin and speak about the true gospel, the gospel that saves us from our sins, the, the fact that we are all sinners, you're going to make enemies. People are not going to like you. They don't like that gospel, especially in this culture. <laughs> especially in this culture. People, people are, are, are in a place now where they, I, I think that we're past the point now. I think we're past the point. People do not want to be told they're, they're wrong. Um, I think there's even a struggle. If I, can, if I can go this far, and this is why I've been really looking at this from the church standpoint, I think there's even a struggle within the church itself as a whole, struggling between do we go this way or do we go this way? It's like they're writing the line, and there has to be a decision made. Are we going to commit to the true gospel, or is the church going to take the counterfeit gospel? Which means with the counterfeit gospel is we don't talk about sin, we don't talk about those things. We kind of just let that thing slide by, and God loves us all just how we are. That's not the gospel that I've been associated with since I was a kid. I mean, even in the Baptist church, they were telling me to repent of my sins. <laughs> and so here we are now, and we've got very specific instruction, and, and the, the instruction in the culture that we live in now is... I mean, this is life-saving information. This is the kind of stuff that separates uh, um, truth from fiction, from right from wrong. Knowing the path that we need to take and understand where we're currently at. That if I can't, if I can't detach from this world, if I can't defriend this world, if I can't get away and put away the things of the world, then I can't authentically be in love with him. And the Bible tells me that that doesn't actually dwell within you. That's bothersome. That's a bit troubling to think of. So I'm thinking, okay, what, what, give me some sort of direction here. Well, let's get some direction. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh. What is the lust of the flesh? This refers, is referring to physical temptations, sexual temptations. Um, we could probably lay out a pretty good laundry list of temptations that are associated with the physical fleshly body. Um, this is talking about and referring to the, the temptations and then obviously sexual temptations, just temptations of the body. What about um, um, our drug-induced society that we live in? Temptation? Sure. Absolutely. And people taking it left and right everywhere. I mean, it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's garnering momentum. It's, it's garnering momentum where um, people being dazed and completely out of their mind is just normal. You better be okay with that because that seems to be the norm now. And you think, wow, it's kind of hard, though. Yeah, it might be a little bit hard, but it's true, too, because that's, that's where we're living at. And that's upsetting. This is, this is talking about... This is talking about what are the things of the world. It says this is the lust of the flesh. The, the satisfying of the flesh at all costs. No matter what temptation seems to come down the pipe. It doesn't seem like anybody says no anymore. You remember you taught your kids that. You, you tell them no. You're offered that. You tell them no. You say no to drugs. <laughs> you say no to alcohol. 
You say no to these things. Have you noticed that that's come unwound? It's come unwound. We don't really want to tell people to say no now. They just give them a reason to feel better about doing it. And so you have to you you think about what that has led to in our society, and it's fall, fallen right into this lust of the flesh. That now, as a society, we pretty much are starting to allow any and all kind of thing that we used to say no to. Now we will say yes. <coughs> what is that? That's becoming friends with the world. That's buddying right up against it, and saying, "Come on in." Sexual temptation. No, we don't have to say no to that anymore. Pastor, you spoke about this. You were speaking about this a couple weeks ago. And, and I'm not going to go into depth on it, but we're, we're, seeing, we're seeing such, such atrocities now where, where the legalization of pedophilia is even a topic in a conversation now. That should, that should bring people, and I, I mean this, I'm, I'm going to try to say this in a way where you don't, hope, don't take me the wrong way. I'm not saying do this, but that's the kind of stuff that should people put people in the streets with picket signs. Say, whoa, 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 what are you doing? No, I don't think so. Not in my country, not in my town. That's the kind of stuff that should stir some people up. And I, I want to use that, that picket in the streets as a, as a, a metaphor for people rising up and, and doing something about it. But everybody's so really quiet. And I think a lot of it is because we don't believe that it's actually that bad. Because I have to, I have to be honest with you, the devil has done a crafty, crafty job at covering mm -hmm. everything in sly verbiage and semantics. Mm -hmm. Just put a word with it and make you feel better about taking it. Hey, it's got a fancy name. You see, this is a condition now. And because it's a condition, you should feel sorry for that person. Because it's a condition, I'm sure we can find some sort of pill to put down their throat. And so, let it be. That's where we're at now. That's, that's the condition, of, that's the lust of the flesh overtaking everything in our nation. We're not saying no anymore. Everybody just says yes. So, this is what this, these scriptures say. This is a, for a call for Christianity, for Christians. It's still no for you. And I've been I've I've said this over the years. I said a lot of the things that I have dealt with, and I'm still listen, church, I'm still grappling with some of it. That a lot of the things that I have been when I've come before the Lord, the answer's been no. Lord, what about this? No. What about this? No. Well, man, that seems kind of hard. You say no a lot. Because no is directional. Right? No gives you direction. It gives you something. It gives you something to go by. It's like oh, I'm going to go this way, and he says no. Oh, okay. What does that mean? That means I'm going to have to come back on my path, or I'm going to go in a different direction. What does yes mean? Well, in our country, being the fact that you can pretty much make up whatever narrative you want, yes is destructive. Like anything and everything, whatever you want, however you want to do it, you just name it, and the answer is yes. That should be concern, uh, concerning to us that our society is turned into a yes society. And for Christians, for us, the answer should be still no. And because it is difficult sometimes to look across the way and look at someone else and say, but it's okay for them. Why are they getting to do that? Why are they allowed to do this? 
a lot of the times being told no will frustrate you. Sitting in, it's not easy to sit in a church service and hear a pastor give out a lesson or give a word out and think, man, man, can we ever hear yes at some point? Why do we always got to hear no? No, that's not right. I shouldn't do that. No, I have my hand in this. Get your hand out of that. I always feel like you always feel like you got your hand in the cookie jar. You know, it's like, nope, not there. Nope, get your hand out of there. Nope, said no to that too. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. That's good. You need that though. You need it. You need guidelines. You need structure. Can you not see that our society is destructuralizing? Destructuralizing. That mean there's no structure anymore. Destructuralization comes with never being told no. Because you can't have a structure and tell everybody yes. You can't. You absolutely can't. You can't do that. That's uh, it's kind of like a, I can relate it to anarchy. Anarchy is everybody is yes. Yes. Can I go pillage? Yes, sure. Can I go burn? Yeah, sure. Yes. And so that's where we're at. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the flesh. You got to um, consider that. Okay. The lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes is directly connected to greed, envy, and extravagance. Greed. Um, giving you a number on greed. And I'm just, I'll use this as a, a base point. Sean, was, was it uh, Marcello that was talking about the, if you make between thirty and 40000 yeah. If you make between thirty and $40,000 a year, you are in the 1% of all income in the, nation, uh, the world. World income. Now let me say that one more time. Grasp it. If you make between thirty and forty thousand dollars a year, you are in the top one percent income in the world. Does that even compute? It's like you know when you're waiting on something to load. That's what my brain is doing when I hear that number. I'm like, chuk, 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 chuk. I'm like, it's loading, loading. Are you kidding me? Thirty to forty thousand. In the top 1% that puts you in the top income in the world. <coughs> we don't even realize how good it is. We don't even realize the affluency. We've become so accustomed to it that it's normal. Greed is normal to us. Normal. Well, what, what is greed, though? And I think we have to redefine that for just a moment. What is greed? Well, I mean, we look at greed as being... I think a lot of times we'll, we look at him as the villainous person in a movie or, uh, you know, dressed in black. Um, and I use the imagery because I honestly think that that's where we think greed is at. It's some, some black figure in a corner who's, who's always after something he shouldn't be after. And I think that's more relatable than you can imagine. There's greedy people sitting in church, right? Greed. Always wanting something more than what you currently have. And being willing to go to whatever extent to get it. And I think, there's a lot of things attached to this, but I think, man, that's the opposite of being content. No wonder we've been told to be content with what we've got. Because if you're discontent, greed's right around the corner. And I'm, I spoke to my wife about this not too long ago, and... Just being, in a, just being in the work world and being in the industry that I'm in and, and seeing the way people work and do things, I always wondered, you know, I thought it was kind of odd to me that nobody ever has a stopping point. There is no stopping point for people. It's always go. Like, 
full throttle. Get as much money as you possibly can. And then come up with reasons why you should do that, too. Well, it's smart because you got to have this much money before you retire, blah, blah, blah. There's all these things. And I think it's really funny because you have given me every reason in the world never to attend church, never to, to uh, think about anything else other than money. And so what we have ha what's happened in our society is we've become so accustomed, and I'm going to say this very carefully, please. I'm treading lightly, but I also want you to get my point. We become so accustomed to being greedy that we don't think that there's anything wrong with it. Greed is normal. It's just normal. Everybody just operates in it, and they always want more than what they have. Greedflation. Greedflation. <laughs> absolutely right. Well, I mean, the reason we even have inflation is because money was printed in excessive without having a backing to it. I mean, it was, we could get into the whole thing, but we were only supposed to have, uh, that was um, certificates. That's what your $100 bill is, a certificate. A certificate that represents the gold that's there. But because now the paper money has outweighed the gold so much that they just print it for the fun of it. That's where inflation led to. It was because of greed. Greedflation, that's a good term. It's not mine, it's a new one stout. Yeah. Turn to what's going on right now. Absolutely. Profiteering just because you can. Greed. Yeah. Get it. They're it's there. Grab it. It's crazy. So it fits, world. it fits with the world. Yes, it does. Lust of the eyes. So that's what we're, what we're talking about. It says, so the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. We talk about, I, I said, um, uh, greed, envy, and um, extravagance. And we, we can talk about it. I like to listen to people who know what they're talking about on certain topics and subjects. I don't like to just listen to random people talk about random things. I want to listen to somebody who actually is an expert in their field. Well, don't you like that? You like to talk, you like to listen to people who are experts in their field. You are an expert in your field in extravagance because of the country that you live in. You are an expert in it. You just didn't know it. We are experts in extravagance because we know all about what it's like to live in extravagant homes and extravagant locations, the fact that you have hot water, the fact that you have food in your cabinets, the fact that you have more than one pair of shoes, extravagance. It's extravagance. You think that's nonsense. You're just saying that just because of the sake of the lesson. Study it. You study the world situation and you tell me when you come back to the United States if this place is a 100% extravagant. I can go 30 miles in any direction and get any food I want. Anytime I want it, whether I can afford it or not. <laughs> whether I can afford it or not. Is that not extravagance? Uh, Pastor, you've referred to this before. I can pick up my phone and I can order a car. Yeah. Right from the pew, sitting in the back, and I can order a car. It'll be here in a couple days. Run it to my house, drop it off on a trailer right outside my house. There you go. Can you afford it? Nope. Doesn't matter. It's extravagance. We're experts in extravagance. We know all about it. We just have lived in it for so long that we didn't realize that, th that it was that good. And so, and I'm not knocking what we have because I think it should be a recall to becoming grateful again. Grateful for what we have been given. Yeah. Grateful for the extravagance. Um, uh, Pastor, you've mentioned many times the, the, uh, there has never been a society like this. There has never been a society like this, historically speaking. And the fact that you even got to partake in it, unbelievable. 
considering the numbers, people born, people that die, the, the, the per capita of any kind of uh, given area, the income that, you, that you've been able to be subjected to, I mean, the chances of you living in this era were slim to none. And yet here we are, living it. So, closing that out, I think I'm, I'm about to. I'm actually about to wrap this up. Um, I just I want to hit a couple of these points, and then it said here it said the pride of life. So we we said we come from um, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the 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 pride of life. And the pride of life. This is a getter right here. The pride of life is the arrogant desire to be recognized recognition and I see people clamor for this just as much as they clamor for money now I, let me back up a couple steps I hope that you understand I'm not talking about I understand we have to, you got to pay your bills I completely agree with that absolutely you got to pay your bills and it's good to get ahead sometimes isn't it isn't it nice to pay your bills and have a little bit of money left over so either you can buy something or you can put it back in case you can't pay your bills one month. Isn't that nice? That's a nice thing. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having a year's worth, two years worth, I'm having, and, and just constantly grabbing for it, grabbing for it, and grabbing for it. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you taking care of your business. That's not what I'm referring to. And so, so we've got, this, um, we've got this, this lust for money, and then there's this pride of life and this arrogance to be recognized. People want to be recognized. Um, we, I see that in, um, I see that in kid events, a lot. Kid events. Yeah, I, I said that right. There ain't no more. They don't have adult events. <laughs> they don't have anything like that anymore. I see it in kid events, and and people clamor to move their kid to the front to make sure that they can be in the number one spot and not care about any morality or morals or ethics at all in order to get them there. That's a problem because that's deep-seated inside us as people, the desire to be recognized. You see, all of that really it comes down to, as we said in the beginning, it comes down to being too close to this world. We've become too friendly. It means too much to us. I've, I've, I used to, I've wrestled with it. I've wrestled with this before. You know, what would happen? Every, anybody that's ever had, if you you've have family and you have uh, stuff you worry about, what would happen if I ever lost it? What would happen if I lose it? I've come to the conclusion that Wealth and fortunes are lost on a daily basis. What would happen if you lost it all? Is it the end? No. Because that stuff's happened throughout history. It happens all the time. And uh, as far as recognition is concerned, are, are the people of this country, because we're so deeply connected to this world and too friendly with this world, that recognition is everything now. Got to have your name up. And if you, if you offend me, I'll get you canceled. Notice that I always think that was interesting because there's an interconnection with that because the, the desire to be recognized, and it's like, well, what is the opposite of that? Well, defamation, tear your name up. And I, and I think it's interesting how we've escalated to that in our society. 
And I think that's exactly where we're at. It's like, well, see, there's got to be an opposite. So if there's an intense desire to be recognized, then the opposite of that would be, I want you to be recognized, but in the wrong way. And so what do we see now? They're not really worried about hacking your bank account anymore. I'll just cancel you. I'll put out some information on the internet about you and drill you into the ground, make everybody hate you and have distaste for you. There, there's your recognition. So there's an opposite to it. And it's interconnected to recognition. It's like, now I'm the one that's recognized and you're the one that's dealing with the, 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 the people that are angry and, and mad at you for what you did. And I did us all right by making sure they knew your, your, uh, your dirt. That's, this, that's where we are at today. And it's sad. So, ending this out. Said is the, the pride of life is not of the is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world is passing away. What does that mean? That the world is passing away. Time. It's on. It's on a time frame. It's fixed. It's going. It's moving. You can't you can't shake it. Uh, you cannot change time. And it says right here, it's passing. It's moving by. So what is this, these scriptures telling us? It's talking about preparation. It's talking about make sure you're on the right side of this thing. Make sure you're, you're not so close to the world that you forget um, that you cannot be of this world if you're going to be of the Father. And the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God, he abides forever. And we could easily interconnect that with our eternity, Right? I don't want to be, when this thing wraps up, I don't want to be caught being friends with the world. I don't want to be, I don't want to be having to explain myself why I was allowing the lust of the flesh to take place in my life or the lust of my eyes, why I didn't say no and I always said yes. Don't you think that's probably going to come up when you stand before him? Pastor, you said it this morning. He's going to bring the word out as a measuring tool. Oh, yeah, it's coming. Is going to say, let's find out how you measured up. I, and I don't know if it's going to drop it or not, but <laughs> but it would be intimidating. Amen. These scriptures tonight are are just a just a piece of, of some things that God has been dealing with me about. And and I hope these scriptures are something that you can really meditate on because I think there's a lot of work to do here in these scriptures. Just these ones that we've covered tonight. There's a lot of work to do. We've got some things to work on. Um, making sure that we're not too friendly with this world. We're not too attached. If we've become too friendly with this world, then the, the love of God is really not existing in us like we think that it is. Because I, I flip that coin. I, I try to flip it. If I am in love with the Father, then I'm going to want to get rid of the things that are distracting. I'm not going to want to be close to the things of this world. I'm going to want to get away from them. And I think that's something to measure ourselves against. Would you stand in that? We all agree that we've all got work to do. Let's go do it. Amen. We've got spiritual work to do. Now, yeah, we're starting a new week. You got physical labor to do too, right? <laughs> But we got spiritual work. 
And we've been talking about a lot of different things in here over the last couple of weeks. One thing that I think that really stands out, and I'm going to bring this up, um, is if you're not praying, if you're not happy with your prayer life, get happy with it. Find a place and get to praying. If you're not happy with your study time, get that study place and get after it. We're, we're It's now. Now is the time to get a discipline where you are disciplining yourself and getting and refining yourself after God's word and that we're not finding ourselves lacking. I mean, it's already a struggle enough being in the word. But then to go be without it and to be without prayer, oh, we don't got no direction. So I'm, I'm encouraging you. I'm not acute. That's not accusatory. That's an encouragement to you. Get, get into that place, that prayer place, and get into that place of study uh, where we can get refined and get, get closer to the Lord.